Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the impact of student loan forgiveness on credit, and my interview with Dewar Alimi, CEO and co-founder of LenderPrice, on how lenders should evaluate, implement, and use new technology. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, MCT, and its hedge advisory. As the industry leader in pull-through analytics and best execution with the highest staff-to-client ratio, lenders of every size trust MCT to manage risk and optimize profitability in their mortgage loan pipeline management. I just switched my 30-year home mortgage to a student loan. Follow me for more financial advice. (laughs) I've been fielding questions about the impact of student loan forgiveness on credit. And, you know, it probably won't impact credit scores but also whether the forgiven debt is taxable. And the answer is not at the federal level, but Forbes thinks it may be at the state level in some places. While the government is intervening, wouldn't it be nice if someone put a cap on college cost escalation? The government doesn't directly determine compensation or profit margins, but both are huge issues for lenders. The government doesn't directly determine the rate of inflation either, but the Federal Reserve can address it. During his Jackson Hole speech last week, Fed Chair Powell said that the Fed will continue raising interest rates and hold them at a higher level until it is confident inflation is under control. Of course, 30-year mortgage rates are pushed more by supply and demand and inflation than by the Fed. Meanwhile, lenders are gutting it out. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back onto the show Dewar Alimi, CEO and co-founder of LenderPrice, a leading SaaS-based mortgage pricing and underwriting engine. Dewar has been in the mortgage industry for over two decades now, earning his place as a thought leader in financial technology and innovation. Prior to founding LenderPrice, he owned a loan origination software company, a wholesale mortgage company, and an escrow company. So you've been around technology for a couple decades now. I'd like to start off by getting some of your thoughts on how technology has evolved over the years, maybe since the early 2000s and how LenderPrice is leveraging some of the latest technology to drive innovation in the mortgage space. Sure. So let's go down memory lane. I mean, um, I've been in the industry for uh, close to two decades, uh, if not more. <laughs> um, but if you look at technology in the mortgage space in the early days, mortgage software development was focused really on automating and uh, the loan origination process, or basically having an LOS, um, a system of record. Um, and really, you know, if we st- take a little step back in the late 1990s and early 2000s, there was a shift towards other solutions like CRMs, and that's where you saw the birth of, of uh, these legacy PPEs out there, uh, the, the pricing engines that we're actually competing against. Um, more recently, Mortgage Software has been focusing on developing a lot of these mobile apps and cloud-based solutions. So you're seeing like, you know, digital mortgages coming up. So you're seeing a lot of these point of sale vendors digitizing the mortgage process uh, on the point of sale side. I think on the LOS too, you're going to see a lot more uh, digitization there. Um, but when it look, but when you when you look at our solution, um, we're a cloud native PPE. We've got a microservices architecture. And basically what that means is that we're, you know, we don't have a monolithic application. So earlier on, that's basically how d- uh, uh, applications were developed. There were monolithic app, application desktop apps. Um, we have a microservices architecture, so it's not monolithic. It's not like one big blob of, it's not, it's not one big code uh, code blob. It's it's split up in various microservices. So think of them as small little applications, hundreds of micro, hundreds of 
small little applications. Now, by having it this way, you know, you you uh, have various advantages. You can scale horizontally and vertically. So when you have a monolithic application, it's housed on one server, and a microservices architecture, you've got you know hundreds of small little microservices, small little applications that are in various different instances. So you can essentially, when you're uh, pushing this into the cloud, uh, you could uh, you know scale horizontally, so you could increase like you know all the hardware on that one particular instance, and you could divide it up in various different instances uh, horizontally. So what that really means is that your application will never go down. So you've heard these horror stories of applications going down, and all of a sudden nobody can access that application. With our solution, a microservice can, as microservices can go down, but the entire application can never go down. Now, the future of mortgage software development is really going to be dominated by, you know, I hate to say this, you know, AI, because I use that very loosely because AI today is used in various things like document classification. But you are seeing adoption of machine learning algorithms. Really, we we call it proprietary algorithms, like we use natural language processing, NLP, to handle much of the decision-making process for us. So as you can see, it's really evolving and it's exciting because uh, you're seeing that uh, automation and various solutions out there are making things a lot easier for not just the end user who's using the application, but the back office user that's actually, you know, using the solution to, like, you know, in our instance, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, managing products, pricing, and margins, eligibility rules, and the like. And using the solution is one thing, but almost as vital is the implementation and adoption of the solution. So let's talk about implementations for a second. In your opinion, what can make or break a successful implementation, and how can lenders and technology providers find the right balance when it comes to implementing new technology? That's a great question. And this is something that, you know, like we've learned. I mean, we didn't know what we didn't know at the very beginning. So we're we're, we're certainly not the new kids on the block. And we're certainly not a company out there that says, hey, we're not the new kind of kids on the block. We've had a solution that's been, uh, you know, incubated under a, a company. And now we're trying to implement. The key to all of this is implementation. Execution is everything. So I kind of break this down. So the key to so successful software, software implementation is one, planning and preparation. Software implementation is, in the, is really the process of installing and configuring software so that it is operational, right? The process in mortgages specifically is very complex because you're dealing with legacy solutions out there. And in some cases, it may also require custom development or integrations with other systems. So software develop software implementation typically involves several stages, uh, stages like you know including installation, configuration, testing, and then eventually your go live. But each stage requires different skills and knowledge, so it's important to carefully select the team who will be responsible for each stage. With proper planning and preparation, a software implementation can be successful and rewarding experience if it's done right. The second thing is this: communication is key. Um, when all stakeholders are on the same page, it becomes e it becomes easier to identify potential problems and develop solutions that work for everyone. Um, now, by taking the time to ensure that all stakeholders are aware of the goals and objectives of the project, you can set the stage for a successful software implementation. And really, communication really has to come down from the top, uh, you know, from top down. 
Um, you know, oftentimes uh, executive leadership are, are left out or they're rarely communicated or they just want an update, but they have to be involved throughout the process. Um, the next thing is the right team is essential. You know, we've had the, the we were close to eight years in successful implementations with the largest banks and credit unions and IMBs. And I could tell you that the team is one of the most important aspects uh, in making sure that the uh, implementation is successful. So as a result, it is essential to have the right team in place when embarking on a software implementation project. The, sh the team should really have a mix of skills and experiences, including technical and, interper and interpersonal skills. Um, the team should be able to work together harmoniously in order to support each other in the project as a whole. I've always said, look, it's not two teams. It's not just a vendor and a lender. It's one team because you have one goal in mind is executing and getting that applicant and getting the application live. During that process, documentation is critical. So it provides a record of what's been done, how it's done, when it was done. Uh, the information is central for maintaining the software over time for understanding how the system works. So documentation is crucial. And the next thing is really testing. You got to test throughout the entire process. You know, we've seen implementations where they wait until they test at the very end. You can't do that. You got to test throughout the entire process. And uh, by doing that, it's important to allocate sufficient resources to testing during the software development process. And it, when you do that, business can avoid many of the pitfalls associated with poor quality software implementation. And last but not least, and actually there's two things, so it's, this is the second thing, is training. Oftentimes, lenders uh, and vendors leave training at the very end. You got to train throughout the process. Make sure that there's key stakeholders that are being trained on the solution, how it works, et cetera. And then afterwards, follow-up is key, making sure that you continually follow up, making sure that you, uh, you know, that the uh, lender fully understands the solution, that the training uh, was spot on, or if you need to do more training, or if you need to modify anything. So that's kind of like my seven key things that you need to adhere to uh, in ensuring a successful implementation. So we talked about using a solution, talk about implementing a solution. Let's go back even further to the nascent stages of this process. What advice do you have for banks, credit unions, and lenders looking into new technologies for their organizations and, and starting the search? Yeah, so great, great question. Uh, one is evaluate your needs, pro you know, so identify your problems. What problems are you trying to solve for? What features do you need that solves that problem in the new technology that you're implementing. Uh, research different providers uh, and make sure that you have a good grasp of all the players that are out there that you can look at and request demos. But before you request those demos, you have to outline exactly what you wanna see. Identify the problems that you want solved because some, some of these vendors, all they do is just show you a soup to nuts you know, a demo of the application. And they, and then you go to the, you know, and then by the end of the application, you're like, you know what, you never identified or, 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 or focused on the key problems that we're having. So if you outline these things and then you have the demos, 
you'll be assured to uh, you know make sure that the, you know that these different software solutions are actually meeting your needs. Um, compare different systems and make a decision. At some point, you're going to have to narrow this down to three, two, all the way down down to one, and then. Uh, the next thing is really implementing the solution. And again, I go back to training employees on how to new, how to use the system. It's really important that you do that. And then um, it doesn't stop there. The mortgage industry is evolving. I think it's exciting to see all these new entrants and new uh, technology vendors, but always keep looking at other solutions and see what can uh, drive ROI, create efficiencies, and then make your company better at you know at at originating or 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 especially on the capital market side, you know making sure that you are um, able to introduce new products, uh, you know handling issues as it results to margin compression, etc. I also want to talk about how companies evaluate solutions. So when it comes to a cloud native PPE solution, does it come down to to ROI or, or what are the the factors? Uh, potential clients should be considering uh, when they're making a final decision? I mean, I think today it's a big factor is cost. You're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing a lot of these lenders cutting costs. And, uh, you know, like, for example, our solution, um, uh, you can use a, a modern solution that's proven, that's cheaper, that creates efficiencies, and that, you know, protects you uh, and ensuring that you're not making mistakes. So accuracy is a huge thing and the performance. So um, I think, you know, right now what you're seeing is that you're seeing a huge shift where lenders are, you know, at the very beginning, they're, you know, they went through their layoff, you know, period where they're right-sizing the company. Now they're looking at expenses. And the next thing that we're seeing, and, and, and we've been very successful at uh, landing new contracts, is uh, they're looking at this and saying, look, you know, now as the industry is slow, this is the right time to go ahead and look at solutions out there that are that are better, cost-effective, and then that could, uh, you know, help me, you know, accomplishing a better return on my investment. So you mentioned accuracy and performance there. You tout lender price as the most innovative pricing solution to lenders of all sizes. Let's plug lender price for a second. Why do you feel that way about it? Well, you know, I, you know, I think it's proven. So uh, it's, it's, it, it, it definitely embraces all the new tech stacks out there. Um, so we've got a modern tech stack. We're innovative in the sense that we constantly look at tech debt. So we're constantly refactoring our code and we're actually embracing new technology as they come. But more importantly, um, and this is something our chairman says, is that we have this, you know, this mantra here is that service trumps technology. We can have the best technology in the world, but if we don't have service that backs up good technology, then it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. So. Um, it's not just about technology, but it's also the people and the service that, that, that that's behind delivering that technology. Awesome, very good point. Dewar, I enjoyed this as always. Thanks for making the time for me. Great, thanks, Robbie. If there's one thing capital markets folks don't like, it's volatility. A turbulent August for bond markets ended with rates on the rise again, as markets continue to recalibrate rate hike expectations with central banks across the globe vowing to step up their fights against inflation. During the month, MBS prices and treasuries faced their biggest monthly losses since April, as the Federal Reserve now has a clearly stated goal to grind inflation down by slowing growth below its potential. Economic releases yesterday showed another record inflation print in Europe, 
And in the U.S., the ADP released a weaker than expected employment change report for August. Today's calendar is already underway with layoffs from Challenger, which showed that job cuts dropped to 20,000. And ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report, we've also received weekly jobless claims in at 232,000 and second quarter productivity and unit labor costs, which were down 4.1% and up 10.2% respectively. Later this morning brings a salvo of news, including final August S&P Global Manufacturing PMI, ISM Manufacturing PMI, July Construction Spending, Freddie Mac's latest primary mortgage market survey, and remarks from Atlanta Fed President Bostich. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse than eighth and the 10-year yielding 3.24 after closing yesterday at 3.13%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Have you been to a show lately? Concert tickets like 40 bucks, the venue fees another $21.32, there's an access fee for $18.32, a paperless transmission fee of $12.03, a fee fee of $8.84, a FIFO FUM fee for $3.43, a Cuz We Can fee for $2.01, might as well fee for $1.89, a WTF you gonna do about it, not go fee for $1.38, and another dollar won't hurt nobody fee for a dollar. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I never wanted to believe that my dad was stealing from his job as a road worker. But when I got home, all the signs were there. <laughs> if you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.